this is my the third part of uh I hope it will be the last, but if I don't get there, we can just keep going. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be leaving for Israel for two weeks. <laughs> don't be jealous. Spirit of jealousy, go. But anyway, uh, so if I don't finish, I, I will come back and, and do the last part. Um, anyway, so, uh, oh, for a deeper study on this, I want to recommend this book, which is just blown me up by Gregory Boyd, and it's called Repenting of Religion. I really encourage you to get this because I, my heart is just getting changed by uh, the, what the Lord is doing and saying this, this, this tree of the knowledge of good and evil isn't what we want to eat of, right? And, and just getting that in me and realizing how it's impacting the way that I'm seeing things and the way that I'm um, um, filtering um, life because you know we're, we're now in the information age and um, when information comes at you you have a tendency to want to judge it right alright so you can go get this also I encourage you to do a study of judgment in the Bible just pull up in your concordance the word judgment or judging and do a deep study and, 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 and research it for yourself. And I'm also going to be making all of my notes available to you. And that's how impactful I, I believe that this can be for us as body of Christ. Um, all right. So let's review. Um, this is called, I called this, I titled this religionless Christianity. Um, because I really believe that we, if we can get a handle on, on how to be um, Christ men and women in the church then and then and get out of being um, the referee you know wearing the striped shirt going yeah okay you're right you're wrong um, then I think we can really start advancing the kingdom and also seeing tremendous blessings in our life um, one of the things I want to do Today is I want to, my third part, I want to share about the role of the church. The first uh, series that I did, these lights are really bright. Can y'all bring these down just a little? Um, the, the, the first, when I talked about the first part of the series, it was about the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil versus the, the tree of life and, and how Eve um, went beyond the boundaries that were created for her by God and she decided to, um, to be God. And so the snake brought her into that deception, which he said, listen, and she was already made in the image of God, but there was a no trespassing sign on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and she decided to go beyond the boundary. But see, those boundary lines still exist for us in Christ, okay? And, and, and what began with a tree in the garden ended with a tree when Jesus was hung on the cross, because he was hung on the, I believe, on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because it was the origins of sin and he took sin upon himself at that moment and he said, now it is done and once again I have made a way for my people to eat of the tree of life and to begin to produce fruit that is multiplied and fruit so that you can benefit from life and life abundant. Um, and then in part two, we really talked about what that looks like. And so our, our initial judgment begins when we judge God 
because we're saying uh, when, we, when we put ourselves in the position of judge, we actually cut love off because we've said this is right and this is wrong, but what you've done is you've actually eaten of a tree that has separated you from love. So, so what you're saying is that I'm judging God, therefore God, I'm seeing that God is not enough. And I'm seeing everything that God is not doing instead of everything that he is. And I'm seeing myself as being naked and everything that I lack instead of everything that I have. And I see my neighbors as, as lacking. And so I judge everything and everyone for what it's not. Wundiabaha. <laughs> So I want to talk about the role of the church. The church is called to represent the Father just as Jesus did. And indeed, the church is Christ continuing to manifest the Father to a fatherless generation. So we are called to manifest and to bring the love of God to the earth and to, and to connect the earth with the heart of the Father. And I love John. He has such a, he has such a, the heart of the Father of a father, and, and I, I watch him, and as he ministers to, to people, to a lot of these young people, I see, like, his eyes are like these soft, kind, generous eyes, and, and, and they just look at his eyes, and I mean, anybody can tell you, when it comes to uh, our marriage, everybody's like, yeah, 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 we love you, Tracy. We'll be back for that prophecy. Where's John? <laughs> you know? I mean, he's so lovely and so loving because he's got that fathering thing on him. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this, um, the church is not a religious community of worshipers of Christ, but is Christ himself who has taken form among men. The, the church is not supposed to be an organization, but we're an organic family that are the extension of, of the heart of God. So, so we're not, we're the body of Christ. We're not the building of Christ, right? You know, we're builders. We build up people, right? And so, so um, the truth is that we're supposed to testify to this life of love that is free from the bondage of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's what we're supposed to do. And people are supposed to look at us and say, you know, they have so much favor on their life. I mean, they are moving forward. Why is it that some people are able to grab hold of incredible favor and advance and advance and advance and others get stalled? That's always my question. Because I'm like, you know, okay, here we are. We're doing, you know, the church is working, 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 trying to save, 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 harvest, harvest, harvest. But it seems like we're running in place. And I'm looking around, and all I see is people arguing all the time and taking sides. And I thought, this can't be God. This can't be what he intended. And again, as a businesswoman, I'm looking at cause and effect because I'm like, okay, we're doing it wrong because we're not getting the results that we should be getting. We are producing a product nobody wants. 
God's love is merciful, so must our love be. If even God does not hold his rightful knowledge of good and evil over us in judgment, but rather loves us right where we are, we should do the same to God, to ourselves, and to others. We need to start giving each other a break. Um, Doing this whole judging thing, what it does in us is it kind of creates this false narrative that we, that we know that we're, that, that we're good. And that false narrative that we're good and that other people are evil, it actually feeds this void that is in us at, because it makes us feel good about ourselves. And as I said the last couple of weeks, We are created by God with a non-negotiable need for love, for worth, for significance, and for companionship, but it's something that only the true God can provide for us. And when we are not in right relationship with him, there's a void in us that needs to eat from the other tree. And that other tree of good and evil opens a door to a life of sin. Because it's not the real thing. You know, it's like Coke. Coke's not the real thing either. But, but that's their, that's, that's, they're selling it and people are buying it, you know. They, they have a product that's selling, you know. I mean, but they, but they label it, it's the real thing. It's, we can only eat the real thing. And only, and as I was talking about last week, only real food is going to satisfy the cells in our body. When we eat junk food or food that's produced by man, it's false food and it doesn't produce life. And we can, we can eat it for a while, but eventually it's going to be like, Poo. yep. If the deceiving accuser is successful in distorting our mental picture of God so that, it appear, that God appears incapable of unwilling to give us life, we invariably will look to other places to get life. We become satisfied with self-righteousness instead of the righteousness of God in Christ. We eat from that tree every day, and I can tell you because I've been watching myself over the past three weeks, and I hope that you guys have too, and it's like yum, 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 yum. I'm just going to eat from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so everywhere I'm looking, I'll judge. I'm judging. Oh, and tell me if you guys don't do this, but you're walking around and you're like, oh, my gosh, that girl, that was an unfortunate haircut. And, oh, my gosh, you know, look at that guy. Look at that outfit he's wearing. I mean, you know, just these things. I mean, it's just the most minute things. We go around and we judge. Or we see somebody in sin and we go, you know, they're in sin. I'm so glad I'm not like them. I'm good. They're not. I'm good because I'm not doing that. I'm good. Man, oh, man. Look at Madonna recently. That pink hat. I had something to say about that. And I said it, and I said it, and I said it, and I judge, 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 judge. But see, they're looking at the church, and they're saying, you guys are a bunch of hypocrites. Because they know the real thing in their hearts. 
and they know who Jesus is supposed to be. They know who they want Jesus to be for them. And we do too, because we're supposed to be living that second commandment, doing to others as you would want them to do to you. I would want to be treated by the church. I would want the, the, the believer, I would want Jesus himself to walk up to me and say, it's okay, honey, that pink hat looks so cute on your head. Now let's just, you know, and I mean, really. And he would say, you know, is there, uh, is there anyone here to judge you? I mean, he would surround her with his love and thoughts of who she is and the truth of who she is. And then he would say, now, now, you know, there's no one left to condemn you. Now go and sin no more. And she'd be like, I'm going to follow you everywhere. You see, the word says that no one is good except God. And it says this in both in the Old and the New Testament. No one's good. Darn it. I was working so hard to be good. It's exhausting. But we spend all of our time in terms of thinking, to, of seeking to be good. But, we, but it says that we should be seeking the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. So instead of good, we're actually supposed to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Am I right? Yeah. And, 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 and the righteousness is, is a right relationship with God, that we are connected rightly with God, which leads to meekness and humility, praise the Lord, instead of the pride of life. And so what we say is I have because I was given, not I have because of me. Does that make sense? So I have, everything I have comes from this, I'm tethered to a man and I do what I see the father doing and I say what I hear the father saying and I have nothing of my own that I've even done. That's good. I am only good because I'm connected to the one that is good. And everything flows from that place. I give because I was given. We're not good. Sorry. So how can we judge between good and evil? Only God can define everything. In fact, God even said, I'm even going to define what love is. This is what love is. God so loved the world that he gave his only son who laid down his life for us. Okay, hold on. So love is defined as giving worth to others at a, at a cost to yourself. And judgment is defined as giving worth to yourself at a cost to others. You see, with judgment, what we do is we feed off of that judgment of others so that we get full and feel good about ourselves. It's the difference of righteous and self-righteousness. You see, in the garden, remember Eve said, the snake said three things to Eve about that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Number one, she saw that the tree was good. She saw with her eyes. With her eyes, she saw that the tree was good and that it was delightful 
to her eyes. It was a delight to her eyes. So her eyes began to see the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, and she began to see that fruit. And, and then third, she said that the tree was to be desired to make her wise. And so it was, so she saw those things and all of a sudden, what did she see? She began to see everything again that God wasn't, everything that she wasn't because all of a sudden when she ate it, all of a sudden she's naked. And God's like, who told you you were naked? And she was like, well, I discerned I'm naked. Turn in your Bibles to uh, Luke 6, chapter 37. John quoted from it this morning. We did not compare notes. Luke 6, verse 37. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So I brought, I brought a ruler. And so he said, okay, if you judge to a seven, it's going to be judged back to you. Okay, so he's talking about a tree, and he's talking about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he says, if you judge this tree, this fruit will actually be measured back to you, meaning the fruit is going to rot in your belly. So you judge to a seven, you get a seven. You condemn to an eight, you get an eight. You hold unforgiveness in your heart, you will not be forgiven. To the whatever you measure it to, it will be measured back to you to an equal degree. And so what does this kind of life look like? I love that I have a ruler. I feel so Catholic right now. <laughs> oh, Lori, Lori just looked at me. Anyway, I'll tell you what that looks like. It looks like a life that doesn't move. But, he said, if you give, Emery, come here, you're, you're, you're going to help me. If you give and it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down. Now walk out there. Running together, shaken, shaken, running over. It will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Guys, this is what we want. This is what happens when we eat of the tree of life. Baby, I don't know how to work this. Okay, okay, let it go. Just drop it, drop it, I think. Thank you. I would much rather have this in my life than this in my life. This right here is where the body of Christ is right now. And they are judging, 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 and so they're under judgment. So nothing's happening. Why? Because they're warring within themselves. There's always a battle happening, and there's always someone that we're fighting with. Do y'all still like me? All right, mercy, 
is defined as benevolence and favor. This is mercy. When you give mercy, what do you get? You get mercy, okay? Compassion, all right, mercy. Okay, let's, let's talk about that. Benevolence, unbenevolence. It's something that hasn't been earned and you extend mercy, not because someone deserves it. It's an undeserving thing, right? But it's also a doorway to favor, to favor. How many of you want favor? Okay, me too. All right, so then he goes on in uh, verse 39, and he says this, and he spoke a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a ditch? And so he's talking about the eyes again, and he is saying when you judge someone, what it does is it actually blinds you when, in fact, you're trying to lead that blind person out of the ditch, but you're both going to fall into the ditch because you can't see. And then he goes down and he says, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. Meaning, when you are restoring a brother, do so without judging him, and he will be like you and will eat from the tree of life, and you will be successful in restoring him. So then he goes on and he says, um, where am I? No, 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 no. Or how can you say to your brother, brother, let me remove the speck out of your eye. And again, he's talking about the eyes. When you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye. And he calls him hypocrite, meaning you aren't, you're a poser, you're an actor, you're not really a believer. First remove the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. Okay, a speck means chaff. That means chaff. Somebody's got chaff in their eyes, okay? And then he looked over and he said, okay, but you've got a log in your eye. You've got that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and you are looking at him, and you've already judged good and evil, so therefore, how can you have compassion and mercy on him, which is the very thing and the very uh, heavenly resource that you need to set him free? I don't want to be a hypocrite. Do you want to be a hypocrite? And then he goes on, and all along he's talking about these two trees, and we know this because he goes on and talks about the two trees. And he said, for a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree uh, bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit, for men do not gather figs and thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so he's talking about these two trees, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which will only produce evil. It will only produce something that is that will end up killing you and killing your life. But the tree of life will go on and produce an abundance of mercy and favor for your life. And then he goes on to say, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things that I say? And so he says, this is the truth. Righteousness in God and being connected with me is the thing that I need you to do in order 
to eat of that tree of life. You eat of me. I eat my flesh and drink my blood. There is an all-consuming thing that happens when we're rightly connected with God. And so these two trees are going to produce the corresponding fruit. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil will produce judgment, condemnation, unforgiveness, and will live a life that actually collapses in on us. But a tree of life will bring favor, giving love, mercy, compassion, money. And so we're just like these, these, we're just like these uh, vessels that just pour out everything we get. And we don't hold on to stuff. We live a life that actually will extend into the earth instead of collapse on us. Mm-hmm, that's good. All right, turn in your Bibles to Luke 10. We're going to talk about the Good Samaritan. Are y'all doing okay? All right, are you with me? I know we're going long. Are y'all okay? All right, this is really going to help you, and you're going to go, what? All right, 10... Um, uh, verse 10 uh, or chapter 10 verse 25 and behold a certain lawyer stood up and tested him saying teacher what shall we do to inherit eternal life I think it's good to ask those questions and he said and so Jesus said say Jesus said Jesus. what is written in the law and what you, and what is your reading of it so he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And, he, and so Jesus said, You have answered rightly, do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered and said this, a certain man went down to Jerusalem, from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest, say priest, priest. came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Say other side. Other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked, and he passed by where? On the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his, wound, his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took two uh, denarii and, and gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Okay, so you've got the church, basically. And, um, and I, I want you to watch what the church is doing. The church has decided to take sides. And so they, they, they said, okay, there's evil. We're good. So this is the side that we're going to walk on. We're going to walk on this side. We're not going to walk over here on this side because we've judged what side we need to be on. But, but the word said, 
Jesus said that it was the thieves. This guy's just a normal guy, just like me and you. He's just a normal guy, and he's walking along the road. And, and who's a thief? The devil comes and grabs this person. And it says that he stripped him. And the word strip means this word. I looked it up. It says to put off the body, the clothing of the soul. So he strips his soul so that his soul is laid bare. And then it says that he, they, the, 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 the enemy wounded him. And that word means to torment by a sword or words or heavy affliction of the soul. And so there he is, wounded, in pain and agony. And the church said, no, 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 it's you. You're the one that's in sin. But Jesus never said that. Jesus said to the woman that was caught in adultery, who among you is not a sinner? Throw the first stone. Because Jesus had an understanding that this woman had been stripped and wounded by and, and, and the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so, therefore, he knew that, that it wasn't her, but this had been done to her. Therefore, he said, I have mercy and compassion on you. And I see that you have been hurt and wounded and I have come to save you and to give you life and life everlasting. Because he said, I've come to set the captives free. Guys, if we can get a handle on this, I'm telling you, it is a game changer. And it said that, 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 the, that the Samaritan uh, did a couple of things. He bandaged his wounds and he poured oil. That's weird. He pours oil on him. And in Isaiah 10, 27, it says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. And so he, 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 he's carrying this anointing, and the anointing breaks the yoke. And so then he takes and he pours the wine on him, which is the blood of Jesus for the remission of sins, and he starts giving him practical help. And he's like, listen, come to my home. Let me help you. Let me walk with you as, as you are recovering from being wounded by the thief. So two, the two that judged him for being less than, and one showed him mercy and helped him. You see, what happened is when the two judged him, it separated him from this man, and they didn't have what they needed, the anointing, to begin to heal him. So what they did is they instead go to him with the law and a bunch of rules. That's who we are to the world. We're, we're, we're like the, the, the law police. We're, we're the people that, that judge you, and we judge right and wrong. <laughs> Are we good? 
I know, it hurts so good, doesn't it? <laughs> God, save us. So you've got these, you, so, so I know, I know, I know, I know what you're thinking. Wait, I have another slide. James 4.12, for there is one lawgiver who is able to save and destroy. Who are you to judge another? Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must, you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. I know when we think about Matthew 18, we're like, okay, conceptually, this is all really good. But if you look at the Good Samaritan and you look at how he restored, there is a way to restore. This is not a hyper grace message. You know? Grace is more. <laughs> <laughs> God, he wants us to live connected with him in righteousness. And righteousness is free, okay? in right relationship, and he wants us to prosper, and he doesn't want the enemy to come. And so when the enemy has hit and a thief has come in to steal from one of our brothers, and he calls him a brother in Matthew 18, he said, go to your brother who has offended you or sinned against you. And so he talks about it in terms of family, right? He doesn't talk about it in terms of something that's not organic, but it's something that's organic, meaning he supposes that we're already connected at the heart. We're already loving one another, living with one another, and if someone sins against you, he said, go to him, and, but, but go to him in a gentle way, not judging him, but realizing that even as Jesus said, when he's hanging on the cross, and you know it's probably hard for him to get those words out because he's suffocating. That's how he died. He suffocated, and he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And if Jesus can say this, he understands that they had been taken captive by the enemy, and he had mercy on them even in that moment. Don't judge them for this. Don't hold this against them. And so much so, that's the way we should enter into a conversation when we have been sinned against, is that we are there to restore the... the, the um, um, and be the repairer of the breach, but we do it and can only do it with compassion. And so it might take us some time to be in prayer before we actually go and try to restore a brother back to relationship with him. And I would, I would encourage you, don't go running in your anger because it says that anger is actually not a sin, but sinning in your anger is. And you'll go over there and beat them over the head and, and, and it'll be like good and evil, good and evil, good and evil because I'm in pain. And guys, I, I can speak to this because I've, I've done it the wrong way. We have to choose the presence of God over the principles of God. Okay? The presence of God has to be and love has to be the primary virtue and, and, and keeping connected to that presence and not the principles. If we let the principles usurp the presence, then we're failing. 
All we're doing is using this as a weapon instead of as life. In the first church, they were uh, they were family. They were a bunch of house churches, and they were in community. So it's in community. Said so, uh, and so everything that we do has to be presence led. And John and I, in our ministry times, we've done this before. Um, so the person leading or the person going needs to pray and ask the Holy Spirit for an anointing to restore, give mercy and compassion, and then lead them into repentance. Help them. Um, by divine intervention, you know? It's got to be led by the Holy Spirit. And then prophesy to them and begin to tell them how you see God seeing them. They need to be reminded who they are in Christ. And then if there's deliverance that needs to happen, help them get cleaned up. You know, bandage their wounds, get them all clean. Take them into your home. Pay for them to go to the chiropractor. You know, do tangible things so that you can help them in the restoration that God wants to bring them into. Finally, I want to tell you a story about, um, do you all remember Jim Baker? He was like, like one of the first televangelists. I mean, they would sit on the stage and there was Tammy and Jim and, They'd do their thing, and I mean, that 1-800 number was, you know, scrolling across the bottom. And, and so they were, they were actually very effective in preaching the gospel. I mean, just an incredible evangelist, an incredible anointing that was on him. And uh, so when he fell, he fell in a very public way. And it was, uh, I, as far as I can remember, it was the first really big, like, pastor scandal and everybody talked about it. It was in the news. I think he was actually on the cover of a magazine. And so it was like, you know, Jim Baker falls into adultery. And he also, I think something happened uh, with his finances and his 501c3. And so he ends up going to jail. And Tammy Faye divorces him. And, you know, it's just this huge, humiliating, I have hit rock bottom scandal. And so he uh, tells the story um, after he got out of jail. He tells the story that he was sitting there in jail and he was feeling like, you know, I failed God. I failed God's people. I failed my family. I'm in jail. And, um, you know, he's having contemplations of suicide and self-hatred. And he said he's sitting there in his jail feeling like the lowest person on the earth. And all of a sudden, he said he looked, and standing in the doorway of his jail is this uh, very large, tall man. And he can't see his face because the light's behind him. And he hadn't stepped into his cell yet. And he didn't know who it was. And all of a sudden, this man steps into the cell, and it was Billy Graham. And he said, how are you, son? I'm here to help you. And he just broke and began to cry. And Billy met with him on a regular basis and restored him fully. You see, our job is just Luke 4.18, you know, it's, it's to clean people up and help them to know who they truly are in God 
and just remind them who Jesus is for them. It's not to stand as judge. Let's let God do that because he does it a lot better than we do because his judgment always leads to the utmost of love, right? So, last scripture. Nevertheless, I tell you, it is to your advantage. Jesus is speaking to his disciples here. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you will see me no more. And of judgment because the ruler of this world has now been judged. I love that when he came, he judged the ruler of this world so that we can be free of that. And I don't know about you, but I've decided to leave that behind and not let that be a part of my life anymore because it was the judgment, I believe, that's been the thing that's been a stumbling block in my life but I feel like I found a better way and I want to eat of the tree of life so I can have favor on my life and I can move forward and so I want to um, I want to play some worship music Cuban can you help me out and um, and I want to if there's someone that you need to forgive if there's someone that you've judged And you can tell the Holy Spirit will bring it to your memory. Why don't we all stand? And just take a minute. I'm going to pray over us. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to bring these things to our memory. Because um, you will know by the evidence of your life who you've judged or what you've judged because you'll be eating of it. And it's something that you're like, I got to get rid of this. I got to get rid of this. So, Father, I do, I just ask, God, that you would, we're asking for a revelation, God, that you would show us where we have judged others and we have judged even the small things, Father, Um, how we've judged brothers who have fallen, who we've judged uh, people who have lots of bad things happening in their lives and we've said well obviously they're in sin or whatever God wherever the judgment is God I pray right now by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would show us what the truth is for our own lives will you show us where we have eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because today is a day where we have decided no more and I thank you God for the revelation that there is a better way and there is fruit that we want to eat of, God. There is fruit that advances. There is fruit that multiplies. Pressed down and shaken together, God. That's the fruit that we are asking you for, God. Would you give us, um, as we walk this out, Father, would you help us to walk it out in a way that we can prosper? So we're submitting ourselves again Holy Spirit, to your authority in our lives to lead us and guide us so we will be successful in eating of this tree. 
And so right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I take an axe to the root of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for myself, for my family, and for my spiritual family. And I cut that tree down. And I ask you, God, that you would take that root, that stump, and that it would never grow again in our lives. And we bless you, God, and we know that if we can get a handle on this, God, I know that the sons of light will soon appear. I know, God, that the anointing will begin to flow again in your people, that we will be known as people of compassion and mercy and love, that, that signs and wonders will come forth from us because we're moved constantly day after day, minute after minute with compassion. So release that over us now, God. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. And everybody said...